0: What is up, Unfiltered Leadership listeners? This is Paul, Chris, and Kalen with another episode. And today we're going to come at you with uh, a book of uh, Paul's choosing. So it's kind of a wild card episode where uh, he picked a book. It's Marcus Aurelius's Meditations is the name of the book. And uh, he's going to throw some some lines at Kaelin and I and see what our thoughts are and share some thoughts, feelings and whatever else that comes to mind on some of these topics that are going to come from this book. So we hope you enjoy. Stay tuned.
1: What's up, unfiltered leadership listeners? This is your favorite crew. Paul, Chris, and Kalen, and today we're going to play a little uh, podcast roulette, and um, what we've done here is Chris and Kalen have given me, they trust me enough to give me free reins on what today's podcast is about. They don't even know. They literally right here, right now, as you're listening to this, don't know what we're going to talk about, so I'm going to, I got some, I got some stuff for them. I got something set up and they trust me. So, so check it out. We have been, well, I started on this, uh, this kind of foray down, uh, the, the philosophy trail. Um, and I, I bought a book called What Philosophy Can, or What Leaders Can Learn About Philosophy. And I dug that. And then, um, a lot of people were, were talking about the, The book, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And we're going to be, as an unfiltered leadership crew, we're going to be talking about that book here um, in a a couple weeks. So that's going to be an awesome episode. But that led me to get a couple other books. And one of them is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. So Marcus Aurelius was a... <laughs> so kaylin kaylin said, Oh, okay, good. We're in we're in known territory. It's not so scary. Daniel,
2: Russell Crowe, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah,
1: like yeah, gladiator. yeah. Gladiator, right? So Marcus Aurelius was a Roman emperor from 161 to 180. Um and he's most uh I don't know, most famous, but he's also he's also pretty well known as being a uh stoic philosopher. Mm-hmm. Um so he was the last of the rulers known as the five good emperors and the last emperor of the Pax Romana, an age of relative peace and stability for the Roman Empire. And he served as Roman consul in 140, 145, and 160. So, um, you know, unlike some other Roman uh, figures, he, he's looked upon most favorably by by a lot of people. Did Did pretty well. Um and he, at one point, he he wrote a book called Meditations, and um, from what I understand, he, he generally didn't um, he didn't think that the book was going to be published. He didn't write it to be a published book. He just wrote it to be thoughts of his, um, and they're very they're very in line with the obstacle is the way, and a book called um, Letters from a Stoic by Seneca. Um, and some other books by philosophers of of kind of that era. So um, I think there's some really, really good stuff in there that we can can talk about today. So um, I have a backpack, and I have the book in my backpack, and I've highlighted some passages for us. Stand by, I'm going to get my backpack. (laughs) Okay, so I thought what would be really cool... Is if you guys, I'm gonna move the mic back. If you guys are down, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some stuff out of Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, and we can discuss. How does that sound? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Meditations is broken up into 12 12 books, right? Basically, 12 uh, longest chapters. It's not a super long book. This this particular one that we're gonna be reading out of is the new translation. Um, by Gregory Hayes. And I think that's important because um, it's kind of like the Bible, like depending on what translation you get, the, it can be more digestible or it can be less digestible. Right. complex. Right. Um, so this particular one is recommended by Ryan Holiday, the, the author of The Obstacle is the Way and um, Ego is the Enemy and Stillness is the Key. Um, so I found it, I found it pretty digestible, but basically Marcus Aurelius writes, writes four or I'm sorry, 12 books and, and they're all, uh, broken up into verse much, much again like the Bible. Um, so I, I think there's some really good nuggets here and this is one of those books where you can kind of, you can digest it, uh, in as small chunks or as big chunks as you want. You can sit down and read the whole thing. It's not terribly long. It's easy to digest, but you can also carry it around with you and kind of go, go back to it as a as a reminder. There's a lot of good things to take out of it, so um, I'm just gonna drop some some kind of pieces from it and uh, and see what you guys think. Okay. Okay. So um, one of the, one of the first things that I that I found right out of book one is is some passages um in this one here not to waste time on nonsense not to be taken in by conjurers and hoodoo artists with their talk about incantations and exorcism and all the rest not to be obsessed with quail fighting or other crazes like that to hear unwelcome truths what do you guys think about that
2: i like the end to hear unwelcome truths yeah it's referring to like you know having to stay on your feet for the un- to, to the unexpected, um, and to be I I would say very uh, very fluid, very uh, the ability to be very moldable, and to uh, react to things. That's how I kind of translate that.
1: Yeah, w- I, yeah, we talk about. You, say, you mentioned moldable, be moldable, and we, we, we talk about being coachable, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chris, I got some thoughts on it. but
0: Yeah, no, I, the first part of it, I, I jotted it down as you were saying it, so not to waste time on nonsense and steer clear of those hoodoo artists. Um, so I think a lot of times during the day we find ourselves, we do that. A lot I do it a lot personally like I'll sit there and watch a sports game that I have no affiliation with or something like that just to watch sports and I'm sitting there wasting time and I'm thinking to myself what could I do what could I be more productive what can why am I wasting these hours with these quote-unquote hoodoo artists the ones that are tricking me into thinking that I'm spending my time worthwhile um, on things that just aren't a value-added and so I think as a society, we do that too much. There's so much ease in doing these things that are no value added or time wasted and um, whether it's social media or television or whatever the case may be, I'm not saying that there's no value out of those things, but typically you're just scrolling through Facebook to see what's going on with your friends back home or something like that or whatever the case and it's just no value added. So what can you do better to, to make your time more valuable like on this earth? And... That's something that I reflect on quite a bit. Is so
2: I also nonsense. think of that, that to not surround yourself by hoodoo artists. I think that's just that if you were to take that from that time frame to today's modern society, it's talking about, you know, to not put yourself around people that uh, we talk about, you know, we used it the term before vibe with your tribe, mm-hmm. you know, finding your tribe, but people that are taking you away from your journey or distracting you from, and, uh, overall, like negative contagions yeah. that are going to take you away from certain things. And that's how I kind of translate that. But it makes me think about, too, I think all of us at some point in time, you, you guys have probably done it, but I've had to do it, is kind of look at who do you surround yourself with. I've had to do that tons of times. Mm-hmm. And then I also have to think, how am I, am I a hoodoo artist to other people? Mm-hmm. Am I a bad Influence, aspect yeah. to some people's yeah. life? Because I think it's very, we play the victim game. Let's talk about the accountability and the victim loop again. Yeah, you can either hold, you can either play victim and and be like, you know, these people are negative contagions to me, or they're hoodoo artists. But then you don't look at yourself as the accountability loop, and then say, well, how am I to other people? Do I enhance people's lives? Do I do a good job for other people, showing my love and making their lives better?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great. Um flip a bit and you know I, not only are you looking at people in your circle and going man that guy's a hoodoo artist uh you know that guy's a witch doctor that guy's nonsense let me let me spend less and less time with him but also in, am i bringing value to other people right like that should be a that could be a good kind of metric for uh where you're at in your life and am i people are spending time with me time is valuable am I making their time with me worthwhile and then to the point of like uh, the whole to hear unwelcome truths I think you know I, I was sent something recently I was sent this uh, this this thing of feedback right this individual who I who I talk to quite often and and um, give my perspective to uh, sent me this this list of feedback that he had gotten from his people right so he had he had kind of pulled his people on some questions and they had they had given their feedback and 95 percent of it is is really good feedback really really positive like everything's hunky-dory everything's awesome um but there are one or two things in there that are like hey this this place sucks this person's toxic that kind of stuff, right? There, there's just a very, very small percentage of stuff in there, that is what what I would call unwelcome. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know the degree the degree to which it's truth. But my point is that, like, I think sometimes we have a tendency to go to take the positive feedback, like, "Hey, man, you're awesome," mm-hmm. and just kind of like, "Well, you know, we, we let that serve as uh, reinforcement that we're doing the right things, so and we dismiss the 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 unwelcome truths." Mm-hmm. But we should really be seeking to hear those unwelcome truths because because what what is it in those unwelcome truths that can get us better right like yeah. there's not a whole lot of that stuff like hey man like great job you're doing well that's gonna make us make us that much better yeah but there's some stuff in that unwelcome tr- truth
0: yeah there's no personal or professional growth going on at that point and um, if the baby's ugly the baby's ugly like call it out but don't tell me don't tell me I suck and then I this goes back to just basic feedback that you give each other. Like, um, don't tell me I suck. Tell me what it is that I suck at and then what you would like to see me do better. And I think that's where the true value of feedback goes. And then welcoming those unwelcome truths. Because a lot of people put up their guard. Anytime they hear something negative about themselves, like, Psh, I don't do that. That's not me. But if multiple people are telling you the same thing over and over and there's over. There's common denominator. There, there's something going on there, yeah. right? And you need to be aware of those and be welcome to those unwelcome
1: truths yeah and, i mean he he in that in that paragraph he starts with not to waste time on nonsense and then kind of towards towards the end it's to hear unwelcome truth so to that point i think there's something very um takes some skill to discern mm-hmm. unwell the true unwelcome truths so we're talking about truths right like right. like they're to the the nonsense so you have to kind of you have to clear the noise to some degree, but once you've done that and you've separated the nonsense, and you're you're not spending any energy on that, you're but you're welcoming the the unwelcome truths. So I think yeah, good. Any other last thoughts on that?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, again, from from Meditations by Marcus aurelius you could have said of him, as they say of Socrates, that he knew how to enjoy and abstain from things that most people find it hard to abstain from and all too easy to enjoy. Strength, perseverance, self-control in both areas, the mark of a soul in readiness indomitable. And, and again, just that, I think what I highlighted was, he knew how to enjoy and abstain from things that most people find it hard to abstain from and all too easy to enjoy, and I think I think Chris, you already you didn't even know it, but you hit on this a little bit mm-hmm. earlier um, with the whole TV, right? Sitting mm-hmm. in front of the TV, watching watching things. So thoughts on that? Yeah, I think
0: that it's easy to fall into those those pitfalls or those things that um, that are easy to do. Uh, it's hard to abstain from things that feel good that that get your neuro senses like you know firing off on all senses you know you're firing off on all all things and uh, you're getting that dopamine fix or whatever yeah. it is. You're Facebook
1: getting, likes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Those U- short-term YouTube videos. Yep. Binge watching something, right?
0: Right, and those feel good in in the moment, right? But very quickly, does the, those sensation sensation of feeling good it, it disappears pretty quickly. Like, yeah. You, you feel great that you got, Oh, I got 50 likes on this post that I just put up. And then two seconds go by and you're back to not saying you're miserable, but back to your normal self. Like right. it only, only, it only does so much for you. And so abstaining from those things, especially like societal norms and, um, you know, what we've grown accustomed to is difficult. Like to be an outcast, if you will. Like it's hard to yeah. be, to hey, say. away. You want to come out to the club tonight? Right. No, I'm, I'm a homebody. Yeah, like, no, you, I'm going
1: to, I'm going to do a, I'm going to write a paper.
0: Yeah, you, you frown upon those people. I'm not saying everybody does, but right, yeah. you tend to as a society. You look down on those people like, man, you're antisocial. Why don't you do these things? And so I think to abstain from what your culture does or what your culture is about um, or societal norms, again, is, is a challenge. Yeah. I think he's hitting the nail on the head here.
1: What I what I love about this piece is this thing was written in, like, whatever, hundred 150 right yeah
0: 2,000 years ago especially. 2,000 years ago
1: right and and I think sometimes I at least get wrapped up in um, oh, this is this is so net here and now mm-hmm. right because we have iPhones and we have we have Hulu and we have Netflix on demand like only our generation faces these struggles yeah but it's a great reminder that the, the things that they're talking about 2,000 years ago are the same things that we struggle with today mm-hmm. so to some degree, I find comfort in that, but to some other degree, I'm like, why haven't we figured this out, right? right? It's like...
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know, um, it changed throughout history, obviously, like, and to see, like you said, like, we still fall back on those same animalistic, like, intentions or, yeah. like, uh, you know, our habits or whatever the case may be. We, we're quick to judge people. Yeah. And why haven't we grown from that? Why haven't we changed that? Uh, that's I don't know. That's, that's that's a great question.
1: And and what I got from it, and to your to your point, Chris, I think we're right. We're designed to go after the easy pleasurable thing. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot about, and in throughout meditations, you hear a lot of talk about um, almost like this. He he talks about pleasures in a, in a negative respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what he's saying generally is that things that generally bring you pleasure, like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that dopamine hit you're talking about are are pretty much worthless, yeah, right? Like they don't have any significant value at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Whereas things that are really hard and, and are difficult and challenge you, they're not necessarily pleasurable, but though that's where you find value. It's in those things. So one thing I always I, I thought about when I read this was, you ever, you ever been sitting there and it's, you know, you're tired from a day of work or whatever. And you know, you know, you got to do a couple things around the house. Like you either got to clean, do dishes or mow the lawn or clean out the garage or whatever, the car. Right. Right. But there's no one that holds you talk about accountability. There's no one that's going to like that can wait. Right. Like there's no, there's no one that's going to say, you don't live with your parents anymore. No one's going to say, Hey, Kaylin like, man, like, I'm going to kick you out if you don't clean the car out. Right. But, but then Netflix is calling you in that, the new show, of, you know, the new episode of Space Force or, or whatever is on, right? The Tiger King Season 2 is out. Um, and you're like, man, but if you succumb to the, the pleasurable thing, Tiger King Season 2 or whatever, what does it feel like after you get done binge-watching eight hours of that? I feel like crap. You're like,
0: what did I accomplish?
1: Yeah. But... but which is so counterintuitive because you thought that that thing would bring you pleasure, right? right. Whereas the other thing, before you do it, feels like it's going to suck, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like it's going to be the worst thing ever. But what hap- what, how do you feel after you accomplish that? I feel pretty good when you sit back and look at a project that maybe
0: took weeks and weeks to accomplish. And, and there you have it sitting in front of you. You're like, man, this is, this is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. I, or even like something as simple for me anyways, like like... Doing the dishes, like it feels sure. like some accomplishment, but it's mm-hmm. counterintuitive because that should have held no, right? The, the pleasurable thing should have held all the reward, right? But yet it is empty in that respect. Yeah. Versus the thing that is hard and challenging is is much more rewarding at the mm-hmm. end, right? So, I think that's what he's saying. If you can kind of master how to enjoy the things that that other people find it difficult, and you can abstain from the things that find other people other people find easy to enjoy yeah i think i think there's some real power there um okay i like this uh when you wake up in the morning tell yourself the people i deal with today will be meddling ungrateful arrogant dishonest jealous and surly they are like this because they can't tell good from evil but i have seen the beauty of good and And the ugliness of evil and have recognized that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own, not of the same blood or birth, but the same mind and possessing a share of the divine. And so no one, none of them can hurt me. So basically he's saying, right? Like, like, hey, you get up today, tell yourself there's going to be people out there that you're going to encounter that are going to do all these things, right? Meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. Um... But we're, up, we're we're not we're the same we're not of the same blood or birth, but we're of the same mind because we're all human right mm-hmm. um, But I need to remind myself none of them can hurt me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. like it's absolutely true like there's haters gonna hate <laughs> yeah. you know like there's gonna be people that are, are gonna try to disrupt your day, try to be a negative influence, try to um, you know throw you off your track of whatever you're on and to tell yourself that those people can't reach me. You can't hurt me. Like I'm, I'm too strong mentally. Like, yeah. And that's tough for some people to do because words have value. Words are very important. Um, and especially in today's age with communication, the way it is, like you see people blasting other people that they don't even know on social media. And that's, that holds power. Like Some people are affected by that quite a bit. And not everybody has the mental resiliency to tell themselves that these words don't hurt um, because of their own life happenings and circumstances that they've been succumbed to. And it's tough to, to tell those naysayers and those haters to kick rocks, but, um, but you have to have the mental fortitude to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think... One of the kind of underlying themes that you see in Stoicism and in Mark Aurelius's Meditations and in Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle Is the Way is that, like you you can't control any of that stuff, right? Like yeah. so that, so we wake up in the morning and you're gonna encounter meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, truly people all around you, yeah. right? And you can't control that. You have zero control over what they say, how they act, uh, what happens to you in your day to day. But you control yourself and, and you mentioned that Chris like words have power, but here's the real challenge and, and it's it's nothing short of a challenge. It's so hard to do is those words only have the power that you assign to them mm. right Like they only have as much value as you assign to them. And it's it's so hard to really master this but if Kaylin says, man you're a, you're a POS. Mm-hmm. father, husband, senior. And so whatever it is, right? Like that, he has said it. I have no control over that. He, they're just words, right? Like he is just, he has just made sounds, but I'm attaching value to those. Mm -hmm. Right. So like we get a little wrapped up into like, well, well, Caitlin gave me no choice, but to get, get offended or get upset or get whatever. But is that true? Or is it that, that I've assigned the value that I've assigned to those words and that I've chosen to, is that right? Chosen? Yeah. <laughs> I've chosen to get upset. Yeah. Right, like it's my choice.
0: I think it depends on how much of an influencer or how much you, know, you look up to that person or admire them. You know, If it was one of you guys giving me a critical comment like that, I'd probably take it to heart. Like, man two of my best friends just told me that I'm a terrible father for whatever reason. And, and maybe it was, maybe it was justified. Maybe they had a reason to tell me that. Um, but if it was somebody random that, you know, said that to me, yeah, it's
1: just passing by. Right.
0: Right. Like you're a terrible parent. Sure. Whatever. So I I think you assign value to it based off of who the person is, who, who is the sender of that message. Yeah. And that's how you're going to value that comment, whether it's, gonna affect you it's gonna change you you know give you a different perspective whatever the case may be and yeah i I absolutely think you're right i think you do assign value to the comments based off the person well
1: well and and here's the thing from a philosophical standpoint right the to your point i i do agree i I think we as humans assign value to the words based on where they're coming from but from a from a I, i mean i obviously i don't know them but I think Marcus Aurelius would argue that those the words are the same regardless of who says them, mm-hmm. right like the guy on the street and your significant other they both say the same things to you. we assign them different values to your point, but to to the the stoic philosophy standpoint, they are the same. Mm-hmm. they are both just noise, yeah right right so like that's the true mastery is like that we don't assign that that we be careful about the value that we assign to things right because if you can master that again i think you're really getting somewhere
2: so i think on the journey of that the mastery or that journey of growth i think we have to expect that there's always there has to be forms of adversaries there has to be we have to expect that there's, there's no be... good
1: without evil. Absolutely. Yeah, there's exactly. no there's there... no growth without ad- adversity yet.
2: Absolutely. There has to be those type of people. We always need a antagonist, right? Protagonist always needs an antagonist. And on top of that, I think it's really important for us to know that uh, even with the antagonists, there's going to be trolls. There's going to be opinions. There's going to be keyboard warriors that are going to be out there. They're going to do things. And something that I always observe... This is me personally, Kalen. When someone makes, I like to, I like to refer to them as the Hurt Feelings Coalition. <laughs> That's good. The Hurt Feelings Coalition. When the, someone, the HFC. The HFC. You are a devoted member of the HFC. When you are, when we realize, or let's say we meet with someone that is part of this, uh, this group that is offended by certain things, or they have automatic uh, opinion of how or why you should do something and it's completely opposite it's absolutely toxic to your philosophy of growth or the headway that you're trying to get towards I think you have to remember for me personally I always look at as a fact if someone does that if someone is so erratic in thinking or someone is so they cannot uh, the way they translate their verbiage to me of how they're upset or what they think that I've done Uh, it, to me, it shows a lack of control, absolutely a lack of control Mm -hmm. instead of self discipline to be able to maybe either collaborate with me or to make me see certain things. So going back to what you were saying, Paul, is if I were to say some really mean words or anything to you, no matter what, they're just words. You're right. They're just noise, no doubt. But if I've done that to you, I think I've proven to you that I have no control about how the control of my mind, the control of my heart to how I could have stopped for a second and either actually given you something good or told you something with clear thought and consciousness, instead of just spewing at the mouth.
1: Yeah, and and <laughs> to that point, um, I think whenever whenever that happens, right when someone says you know says something to you and you um, we get we attach the emotion to the words. What in my experience is if I'm upset and I really reflect, it's because I there is something in my heart that I know that I'm not really doing real well, and my my own kind of uh, self conviction is wrapped up in those feelings. So, for example, if Kaylin says, "Man, you're you're a horrible father," you yell at your kids. If I if I can if I can know that I have been doing everything that I can do to be a fantastic father, mm-hmm. I don't get upset at that. But generally, if, if I've been struggling with, on my own, um, figuring out how to uh, give my kids more grace and um, be more patient with them and stop yelling so much and, and all those kind of things, and now he hits me with the left hook that is, that is very close to what I've been convicting myself on, now I'm upset at him, right? Because mm. because is it that I'm upset with him, or is it that I'm upset with myself because I could work harder at that? Yeah, you know, so, he just
0: reaffirmed your own thoughts,
1: right? And I, I and I and I'm not mature enough to to again take the accountability loop, right? So I take the victim loop and I go, man, Caitlin, like you shouldn't have said that. I'm upset at you. You're your worst friend ever. Like whatever, whatever. But I don't, I don't use that. So from a, a stoic philosophy, I would look at that as right. Like, okay, well, what do I have to learn from that? Mm-hmm. It's not Kalen's fault. It's my own fault for getting, for getting wrapped up in that. Um, okay. So check this out. Yes, keep on degrading yourself, soul. But soon your chance at dignity will be gone. Everyone gets one life. Yours is almost used up and instead of treating yourself with respect, you have entrusted your own happiness to the souls of others.
2: Mm. Mm. I, I, so I take that as like giving up your true self, giving up your course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he makes a point, right? Like it's kind of sarcastic, right? Yes. Keep on degrading yourself. So, um, but soon your chance at dignity will be gone because it because you get one life and yours is almost used up so you're at the end of your life right and and that in itself like it is a great reminder that you don't know when you're gonna die right there's not very many capital truths capital t truths in this world and 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 it's hard to say with any certainty what's gonna happen but we can all be certain that at some point we will die and we don't know if it's tomorrow or or we're going to be lived to be a hundred, but it, it's coming it, in the grand scheme of things. It's coming quickly regardless, mm-hmm. right? Because even 80 years is, is a drop in the bucket when you're talking about thousands of years, right? So, so the end is coming. Um, and, and we've entrusted our own happiness with the souls of others. Yeah. So instead of treating yourself with respect, you have entrusted your own happiness to, to others because, because you're, you're listening to other people, right? You're not you're you're giving the time to the hoodoo and the witch doctors and the Netflix and that kind of stuff. When and, and you're you're succumbing to those things that are pleasurable instead of looking at the hard things and pouring into the relationships that really matter and being kind to people and not putting a lot of credit into what they say and listening to the Facebook and the, the Hurt Feelings Club, right? All those things. You're letting them Determine your happiness and to drive the point home what makes that really really dangerous is you don't have a lot of time mm-hmm. and you're letting other people control what time you do have
2: I love I, I think all of us have seen them before so I I look at this conversation kind of with two different groups of people and I love the people that are um hyper uh devoted to like Just going against the grain, doing things that are different. I look at like the David Goggins people out there and the people that are like, do the hard things like every single day. Do the things that suck to make you better, that inspires other people. But I also like the people that let's say they're just they've always been this type of person. But every once in a while they do something that's completely out of the norm that is actually an unbelievable positive thing, a new trait or a new uh, hobby or something. But they do something very good for themselves, very healthy. But on the opposite spectrum, they've always been the same uh, amazing person. They just did something different. And I use the example of this. Let's say one of us just just does what we do every single day. Both of you guys are real big role models to me. And you guys are both great people. But if you guys were to go quiet, no comms on Facebook, delete your Facebook for like two months, and I were to come to you and say, what's up? Where's your Facebook at? And you were to say, no, oh, I just want to cleanse for 60 days. I just want to, like, just want to like kind of rejuvenate my social media batteries and everything like that. I look at that as an incredible positive, right? Because it's good to do that. There's so much toxicity on social media. Yeah. And I'm looking at this I think company. about
1: doing that every day. By the yeah, yeah very well
2: said especially with today's time yeah but there's these two this you know everything we're reading with the meditations I, i'm kind of looking at these people these two different groups of people that are either hyper devoted to like what they do and they look they they get addicted to doing things against the grain that people just hate and i like the perfect person again is david goggins to me but when you look at those other people that are that are very, they're very true to perseverance and getting to a pathway and they love to be successful or influential, but every once in a while, they're not afraid to just go out of the box and to do things that are a little bit differently because they know that the naysayers and the hoodoos are out there, that there's all these negative contagions that exist out there. And that's, I'm kind of translating what you just read as that as well.
1: Well, and and, um, to your point, that's probably, like if most people are succumbing to the pleasurable thing and are, are kind of staying away from the hard things, then, when when you hear a little chatter, sometimes that's a good indicator that you're on to a thing, right? Like to Chris's point, if everybody is in your circle is like, "Hey man, let's come out to the bar," and you're like, "Nah man, I don't, I don't, um, I don't want to go out tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on this paper. Or I'm gonna read this book," or. Um, you know that kind of stuff then i that's a, that that sometimes not all the time but sometimes is a good indicator right like when dave goggins is something crazy and everybody's like that guy's crazy sometimes that's a good indicator that you're onto something yeah right absolutely. and like you're doing something that's that's a little bit not status quo but status quo is is not always it's i would say generally um, is is not right you know yeah. chris did you have a did you have a thought on that one
0: yeah. So the beginning of that piece said, "Yes, go ahead, degrade yourself, in your soul." And uh, I think so. A few weeks, um, a few weeks ago, we talked about self-appreciation as one of our weekly motivators. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, we do that. We we are our own biggest critics, and I, it's such a cliche saying, but it's couldn't be any closer to the truth. Um, and I think when you lead off with that, like, yes, keep on, just, just keep eating away at yourself and keep beating yourself up and bring yourself down and criticizing yourself and stuff. And we do that yeah. and it's getting a mindset, um, and changing your perspective and lens and viewpoint, uh, on yourself. It's, it's really a struggle, like. I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. And you talk about all the people, all the negativity, the toxicity in life, um, whether it's real life, social media or whatever, TV, um, news outlets, you know, all that stuff. And it's so easy to get stuck into that degradation of yourself and your soul and really like who you are as a person. And I think that'll just eat you alive. And, and unfortunately, that leads to a lot of bad outcomes. Um
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny because you could almost hear him saying it, right? Like you just like like, yeah, keep on degrading yourself.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like that person in the back of your head, you know? Go ahead, keep keep doing that. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah, that that feels good, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, Uh, totally
1: sarcastic, right? Yeah. And um and you just spent some time out in wilderness, kind of away from everything, right? And like, tell me how quick once you got back, like you like you kind of get reset and reinvigorated and how quick does it come flooding back once you get back into the 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 digital chaotic hustle and bustle of everything like so quick right
0: yeah i, I love that you brought that up because so i had the opportunity to go out this weekend and go on a little two-day hunting trip with some friends and my wife and just sitting on the mountainsides in the alaska range and we didn't see any caribou unfortunately but uh um but just sitting out in the sun and enjoying nature and, and what life truly is, it gives you a, a different perspective on things. And you just appreciate life that much more when you're out in the mountains like that. And you're the only one for miles and miles around you. And it's just humbling experience. And then what did we do last night, though, once we got back into cell range? You know, phones started ping, 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 you know, blowing up and stuff. And, of course, jump right to social media. What's going on there? And because. That's that's a factor, and again, that negative toxicity comes r- pouring right back in in a matter of moments. And it's not always negative stuff, but like typically, when you're thumbing through your feet or whatever, you're gonna find something yeah bad to bring you back down. So it does. It's it's almost immediately almost instantly.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, this is maybe not maybe not a huge discussion on this one, but just another indicator of like that whole notion that we're not we're not on this this earth for a long time um what are you doing with that time so uh he says you could leave life right now let that determine what you do and say and think and and sometimes we talk about um living the dash you guys heard that like there's this idea that um on on your tombstone will be you know for me it'll be uh, I was born in 1979 so it'll be 79 to dash whatever whenever I die right um, so so you're born and you die but what what's in what's in the dash is what really matters yeah. right like how you live how you live that life so like are you living the dash um, so yeah, so just right like imagine if we really truly and not not in a a bad way like if i if i knew i was going to die tomorrow would i be skydiving every day, right? Mm-hmm. But in a like if like if you if you let that thought determine what you did and what you said and what you thought that you that you could leave life any any moment, what how would that change things? How much time would you not spend watching Tiger King or yeah. And I think I think it's important to everybody, everybody for the listeners. We all support Tiger King. Tiger King was a. F- it's been a minute since we have talked about it. Actually. Yeah, you've <laughs> said it multiple times. <laughs> that I'm like, yeah, hey, we have a- and and but to be fair, I don't think any of us have watched it since <laughs> uh, no. since it came out. Or Kalen's, well, Kalen's got it a repeat. I hundred
2: percent went back and I watched a few episodes. Cause, <laughs> well, because they did that no release, they released a, like another episode. Yeah, right? like the yeah. But the, I went back and watched a couple episodes because so. It's just so absurd. (laughs) It is so absurd. It's so absurd.
1: Right, but to the point, you know, like, so, um, thoughts on that?
0: So you guys challenged me a while ago to write my own obituary. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was a really cool project. And so you were saying, like, what you do day to day probably isn't going to have a very big outcome on the impact that you have on other people. It's those small, finite moments of uh, you know that are special, yeah. That are really what people are going to remember power about moments. you. Yeah, the power moments, absolutely. And um, so I thought that that was a unique perspective that you were bringing up. If you die tomorrow, what what is your tombstone going to read? What is your obituary going to read? What are people going to say about you when they're talking about you? You know, at your funeral kind of deal. And that it absolutely speaks volumes. Like it's absolute truth. Like what what do people think of you? What, what is your outcome or what is your um, impact on life? And I, so I thought that obituary project that you guys brought up was applicable to this. Yeah. yeah. And
2: for, for all the followers that have maybe never done that before, or any leaders that are out there trying to maybe collaborate on this discussion and have a small discussion amongst your teams, we encourage you to practice that same type of exercises writing your obituary is like the most it, it is psychologically it is it's difficult there's a mental barrier there when you write it that you'll hit a couple you'll hit a few moments where you'll literally lose a train of thought or you'll get a little bit emotional thinking about your family um who would be left behind but just the journey of taking 15 20 minutes of writing your obituary it it's a it's It is a journey in itself and it's hard it's not an easy thing to do it's very difficult Um, so we asked everybody have that little small exercise amongst yourselves or do it yourself because you get kind of inspired um, right after it but it is a hundred percent you 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 get to really think about how you treat people how you talk with people how you're gonna leave this earth and what people are gonna think about you after
1: yeah and and um, we talk we talked a little bit about Maybe a couple episodes ago, or a weekly motivator about mind the gap. And mm-hmm. one thing that I found it useful was I kind of tried to write it as like if I died today, what would my obituary say? And it was things like like you know didn't didn't do the laundry enough, uh, yelled yelled that was short short tempered with with his kids, um, gave about 75% at work like those kind of things, right? And then so that that was the gap between, um, current practiced values, uh, and aspirational values. Then I wrote, so then I wrote one, how, what I wanted to be, right? Like was the most patient father, was the most giving friend, like all those kind of things. And then, and then it gives you kind of a, um, you know, a target. So, um, so Marcus Aurelius writes here and and again, just a, just a kind of reminder, there's some themes that you'll see. Um, he writes, everything is just an impression, and that's back to that idea of, like, things are things, are things, right? Like, there are regardless. Like, we kind of talked about in an early episode, the, the marathon is the marathon. It is mm-hmm. not either hard or easy, right. right? Like, the guy in the street tells you, uh, you know, where you can put your car because mm-hmm. you suck at parking. He tells you that regardless. It's, it's, it's the impression that you assign to it that that makes it a thing to you. So everything is just an impression, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you – when you see something on TV and you get angry, the thing on TV happened, the event happened, you assigned anger to it, right? Um, The sunset is the sunset. You – your impression is that it is beautiful. Right. Right? So everything is an impression. Hmm. Um, That's that's so simple, but – so simple, but profound, right? Deep, it's like, yeah, yeah it's, and, and it really takes a lot of, for me anyways, because I'm not, maybe I'm not, you know, I'm a little dense sometimes, but um, it just, it takes, it takes, I gotta, I gotta turn that over a lot in my head because like does that, and it, this is what I would challenge everybody is treat that as a hypothesis for, to either prove right or wrong. Like, is it, is that really the case, right? So you kind of go pow, like your car won't start now I'm pissed off. Is it? are you assigning an impression to that? Is that just, an, right? Like, are you just getting angry at that? Why can someone else look at that as an opportunity to, to get some steps in, you know? Mm. So it really is all about perspective. And mm-hmm. then um, something here again, uh, which is just driving that point home again, don't waste the rest of your time here worrying about other people. And he goes on to say, unless it affects the common good, because I think that's an important um That's an important um, point of contention because if, you know, if, if I don't, if I don't waste my time worrying about anything ever, then I could, I could miss some opportunities to stand up for what is right and justice for, to stand up for people that need help, the sheepdog mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Like those kind of things. So he does that unless it affects the common good, right? Mm -hmm. So there is, there is some things there to be considered. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I like this. So maybe we can just discuss this for a couple minutes and then, and then um, that'll be our time. Uh, but to care for all human beings is part of being human. And the piece before that is he keeps in mind that all rational things are related in that to care for all human beings is part of being human. Which doesn't mean we have to share opinions. We should listen only to those who whose lives conform to nature and the others. He bears in mind what sort of people they are both at home and abroad by night as well as day and who they spend their time with. And he cares nothing for their praise, men who can't even meet their own standards. So he says, right. He says to me, I got like, you you need to care, care for everyone. All it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you share their opinion, right? Like you can, you can staunchly disagree Mhm. But you should still care about people. Care care about all human, right? It's part of being human. Being, yeah. yeah, and that, like, that's a good reminder that like we're all in this together. Like like people that you disagree with, they have the same struggles as you as you have, right? Like they they're they're not as good as some things as you. Like you you can get all high and mighty about like oh I've mastered the doing the hard thing and, and turning off the tiger king but I promise you there are some things that they're better at than you are you know what I mean it's yeah. it's like so uh, just a good good reminder to me that uh, to care for all human beings because that's the human thing to do it doesn't mean you need to agree
2: well, I think that's what makes us human too right is the ability I mean all kinds of species can care for their children, and they're young. We see it with animals and everything, but uh, humans have a different ability to sh- show how they care through other forms and to nurture, so on. So I think that's what to care for other humans is what essentially makes us human. That's what makes us unique in itself is that our ability to care and to love and to support people, so on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even to your point, Kalen. Um, he even. He even makes a point later on in meditations that he says something to the effect of like, animals can sleep, right? Like, like what separates us is the fact that we can get up and we can go, man, let me care about some folks. Let me, let me choose to do the harder thing. Let me self reflect, right? Like So to your point, like we can do a lot of things that animals can do. So, but we need to figure out how to distinguish ourselves because we are human, and part of that is caring about other humans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like the last part. So, and he cares nothing for their praise. Men who can't even meet their own standards. Like people talk a big game. Like people talk like that they're above repro above reproach on on anything in life, and and they put off the vibe that you know that they're not maybe not necessarily better than anyone else, but they. But that they hold themselves to high standards, and you look at them, and you're like, nah. like, and so why should why should I value or listen to what they have to say if they can't even hold themselves to their own standards? And so, I think that last part of that holds a lot of value too. That um, that when there's people like that in life, like, how much am I really gonna listen to you? How much how much impact are you gonna have on me as a person, as a airman as a father whatever the case may be and and so i think we tend to not necessarily write those people off but you look at them and if they can't walk the walk and talk the talk then what value are they really adding to you
1: yeah i always you know when you say that i think of uh, roosevelt's man in the arena um poem i think it's actually i think it was taken from a speech but basically roosevelt says like i'm not I'm not listening to you if if you're not in the arena, mm. right? The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short. Um, and he, he starts that by saying, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. Mm. The credit belongs to the man in the arena. So to your point, Chris, right? Like, like you're off on the sidelines and you have – no understanding of how hard I'm trying, yeah. I'm not listening to your criticism. But I think we it's, it's hard, right? It's way easier said than done, but you have to, dis, you have to separate the, critic, the criticisms from the people that don't even hold the standard themselves mm-hmm. with, with the criticism from people that are right there alongside you, shoulder by shoulder, slugging it out, in the arena. In the arena, right, blood, sweat and tears running down their face. And um, so I think that's super important. So so I think I challenge um, you know, our listeners. We're gonna talk we're gonna talk in depth about the obstacles the way because it's it's super relevant and super helpful. But I just wanted to, to bring you guys a slight taste of the, the journey down the, the philosophy path. Um and Marcus Aurelius's Meditations is regarded as one of the kind of foundational um, books upon which Stoicism is, is built. But it's also just a great reminder that things have not changed that much in 2,000 years. And um, just some great themes, care about people, uh, you control how you think about things, live life like it could end tomorrow. Um, and uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of great lessons there. So from the Unfiltered Leadership crew, this is Chris, Kalen, and Paul, and thanks for joining us.